Okay, now, it's Mother's Day. And one of my philosophies as a pastor is if I ever invite somebody to teach or preach or speak in my stead, my one goal is always to make sure that they're better at it than me. That's my goal. I like to bring people onto the platform that are better at speaking and teaching and leading than me. That's always my goal. Today, I knocked it out of the park. Can I just tell you? We have three speakers for you this morning. Um, three powerful women leaders in our congregation who are going to come and share about God's faithfulness in their life as women. Now, the first one is a woman that many of you may know. She is one of the most respected healthcare uh, leaders on the planet, and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Uh, she has degrees from Northwestern University, Harvard University. She's the chief health officer at a Fortune uh, 500, a global 500 company. She oversees the health and well-being of over 720,000 employees. I mean, she's got some people to care for. Um, she is also married to the amazing Clarence, uh, who many of you know. Clarence has served as a member of our board of trustees for many years. He serves on the production team. He serves on the photography team. He's an incredible man of God, an incredible teacher, actually. By the way, I think we're trying to recruit him to teach one of our sessions for life and faith. I don't know if that's gone out to you yet, Clarence. Um, but but he's an incredible man, um, incredible man of God, and they are a power couple. Uh, she serves as a member of our ministry council. She also serves on the worship team at Shaw. Would you please put your hands together for the amazing Dr. Tamara Brownlee. Wow, how does one live up to that? <laughs> Good morning, one family. It is good to be in the house on this morning and to see your faces. It's been a minute since I've worshiped with you, uh, so thank you for letting me be here. Thank you, Pastor Brent. Thank you, Rebecca, for allowing you, me to share the podium on this morning. I have seven minutes, so I'm really going to try to contain myself. I actually wrote everything down. I do this for a living, talking and um, expressing um, strategies for people to live healthy and well. But I'm super nervous this morning, so I need your love. I need your, your, uh, your good. Uh, yes, all of that. All of that. So we were invited this morning to share our experience of God's faithfulness to uh, us as, as women. Um, and I'm going to start with the punchline, and then I'm going to share some more. What I know is I know who I am. I know that I am loved, I know that I have lifelong favor, and I know that God is faithful. Amen? Amen. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, no, let me, let me share a little bit more. So I want to um, start by saying Happy Mother's Day to all the women who um, have served as mothers, whether by birth or by spirit. It's our day, amen? And we honor you, we love you, and we celebrate you. I also want to send a special um, message of encouragement to women who are missing their mothers today. I can only imagine, we can only imagine, but we send our love to you, send our arms around you today, and send you the encouragement that you know you are loved, you are cared for, 
and no matter what your relationship is, was, she's proud of you today. You are representing the very best of her, so be encouraged in that today, amen? Amen. amen. So, I'm going to get into it, but I have an important question to ask all of you. Um, so for the comic geeks particularly, raise your hands. DC Comics. Marvel. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was prepared for that. Well, I, the reason why I asked is I was thinking about um, women, you know, that I first looked up to and who I admired and thinking about answering this question and of God's faithfulness this morning. And I thought about Wonder Woman. Any girls out there think about, you know, admire Wonder Woman growing up? I was a stand for Wonder Woman, let me tell you. You know, I had the Wonder Woman outfit, I had the bracelets, I had the, the headpiece, the uniform, the whole thing. Matter of fact, I had Wonder Woman pajamas on last night, but maybe that's too much. Um, but I thought about her, you know, and particularly in the first movie in 2017, uh, Wonder Woman, which was awesome. Um, so those Marvel people cross over just to watch that movie if you haven't already. And um, there is a line that she shares, you know, as she's battling her enemy Ares, who is like the Greek god of war. And she stands in who she is, you know. Um, and she goes, I am Diana of Themyscira, daughter of Hippolyta, in the name of all that is good. Your wrath upon this world is over. I was like, yes, girl, do it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And uh, so, you know, I was just like, I, I wanted to be like Diana growing up. You know, she was the person that I looked at and, um, you know, I wanted the plane, I wanted the golden belt and everything else. And, you know, that outfit when she spun around, what? You know, who didn't want to do that? I liked her because of the qualities, you know, that she had. But guess what? I'm not Princess Diana of Themyscira, you know. And um, as I matured from my youth admiring Diana as Tammy and then Tamara, and now people call me Tam, um, I needed to figure out who I was as a woman. I always felt like I walked with God uh, throughout my life because my grandmother, Andrea, was a mighty and powerful woman of God. She early in the morning prayed, late at night prayed, and we would hear her calling out the names of her 10 children and her three dozen plus grandchildren over and over again. And that stuck with me about the power of God and the power of prayer. I didn't make the decision to follow God formally, though, until I was 18 years old. And I was confronted, you know, all of a sudden with who I am as a person, as a woman, and as a Christian. And what did it mean? You know, what are the characteristics particularly that define me as a woman? I saw Andrea, you know, who raised generations and served her community. I saw Gran Shun, uh, who is her mother. I had a chance to meet her before she passed. She was 103. And with a third grade education, raised a number of children, grandchildren, and was a merchant, you know, had a business and sold things in Haiti. I saw my mom, Marlene, who was a scientist and uh, found herself single parenting uh, after seven years, but went on and earned two graduate degrees and raised two very ambitious girls, often working uh, two or more jobs along the way. You know, was I them? I knew I was different, though. You know, when I looked at the women who were around me, I was painfully shy 
naturally curious for knowledge, deeply empathetic, and didn't want the things that defined others to define me, like marriage, kids, you know. Um, I didn't see all that for myself. But then I looked to the word. Psalm 139 and 13, 14 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know full well. I knew I was wonderful. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. No matter how quirky or set apart my thoughts were. I looked to Proverbs 31, and I'm not going to read it all. You all have probably seen it, read it a thousand times just today. But some of the characteristics that she had, high worth. She was a trusted wife, a merchant, a boss, <laughs> right? Uh, she was wise. She was beautiful. And she's a mother who her children called her praise. So I read, I studied, you know, and true to my, my scientific nature, I, I was armed, so I made a plan. Okay, this is who I'm going to be. I knew first and foremost that my purpose on this planet was to help people to live healthy and well, and it's anchored in 3 John 1 and 2. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. So I trained in medicine and as a worshiper. And just when I remained resolved that because of my sacrifices and the things that I was doing um, was as they were, and I was gonna live a, a, a life dedicated to the Lord single, a wonderful man came into my life, um, Clarence Brownlee, and this June will celebrate 21 years uh, of marriage. And I still had plans, though, uh, during that time. And I thought to myself, but what about my future, you know, and my legacy? Um, we had not been successful, you know, in having children in the first few years of our marriage. And I thought, without children, am I incomplete? Um, is it my fault, you know, that we hadn't been fruitful and multiplied? I had medical issues, you know, and doctors are the worst. We know better, um, you know, when it comes to things like that. Um, but I, I trusted God in faith that he would give me what I needed. And uh, while it quelled that from happening, you know, our initial plans of having CB Jr. and Tammy Tam, they were going to be twins, you know, because I was just like, I need to do this in one shot. I ain't got time for all of that. Um, over and over again. It was a beautiful uh, brown baby boy and a spunky uh, girl, often, over and over again. And I asked God, you know, you've given me so much, Lord. You are faithful. Won't you be faithful in this too? But as I sat, as I sat with God, he reminded me of who I am and my purpose and what was in my hand. You remember Moses, you know, was kind of struggling with who he was and what he was supposed to do. And the Lord said, what's in your hand? You know, and he had his staff and threw it on the ground. So he showed me what was in our hand. With Clarence came Takesha, a beautiful girl. And she was already a teenager when we got married. So I was trying to figure out what do, I, what do I do here, you know, as a bonus mom when she is almost my peer, you know, in some ways. And that was challenging. But in time, we became friends. We became sisters. Keisha got married and then later had children. 
And guess what, y'all? She had a beautiful baby boy named Brendan seven years ago, looking remarkably like that child in my dream. And then three years later came Brielle. Now, to know Brielle is to know that she is a true lioness of a girl who asks for forgiveness before she asks for permission to do anything in life. And then I saw it. I was like, his hand was there the whole entire time. His faithfulness had never failed, and he came through time and time again. You know, there's more, a lot more I could share in this story, but if I could encourage anyone, is just to know who you are and know that the Lord is faithful in all things, even when it's hard, even when things are easy. So, with that, I conclude by saying I am Tamara Louise Duperval Brownlee, great-granddaughter of Shun, granddaughter of Andrea, daughter of Marlene, wife of Clarence, bonus mom to Takesha, Auntie Tam, godmother to four, and Grandma Tam to Brendan and Brielle. I know who I am. I know I am loved. I know that the Lord is faithful. Amen? Amen. And Dr. Tam, woman of God, to us. Amen. Man, if I keep this up, I'm just going to be an MC. This is going to be a great job for me, bringing up incredible people like this. Um, our second speaker today is another amazing woman, a truly amazing woman of God. Uh, she received her uh, undergraduate degree in social science and psychology from University of Southern California. She received a master's in human resource design from Claremont Graduate University. She is a sought-after human resource professional who currently serves as executive strategic partner at Benjamin F. Edwards. She's married to the incredible Barry Eggleston. Uh, come on, Shaw. Uh, she's got three precious, powerful, and beautiful baby girls. She serves on our dream team. She leads life groups. She's an incredible woman of God. Could you please put your hands together for Miss Brooke Eggleston? And she's in tears over Tam's speech, and she just can't hold it together because that was so beautiful. I'm so blessed. Thank you for sharing your testimony with us. All right. Well, this is why I guess they have waterproof mascara that I never bought, and... Thanks, y'all, for having me. I'm going to jump right in. Woo! I'm just so blessed. Ama women are amazing, aren't they? Man. All right. So, Thursday night, I'm sitting on my couch, and I'm writing out some notes for this morning's talk, and they were pretty rough. You know, I had prayed about what to say, but I hadn't spent time sitting and being still, you know, focusing and listening. Um, so that's, you know, issue number one. But I'm like my dad, you know, he likes to stay busy. He moves around a lot, and that was me, too, just busy moving around, trying to help other people. But I'm sitting on the couch, and my husband Barry's on a phone call, and the kids are upstairs in bed, supposed to be asleep. And I'm trying my best not to procrastinate. But lucky for me and my procrastination, here comes our oldest daughter down the stairs, complaining about her sister, of course. And so I tell her she can sit on the couch for a few minutes with me and, and help me out before she has to go back to sleep. So we get to talking, and she offers to help me with my speech. 
I run through what I've got so far, and about 40 seconds in, she says, Mom, it should really be funny by now. <laughs> I told her, you know, uh, I'm trying my best here, but thank you, you're right, it's, it's not all the way baked. And uh, after some more harsh feedback, <laughs> which children are prone to give, uh, I let her know that I was honestly struggling with what to say and that I probably should have declined Pastor Brent's invitation <laughs> because I was, you know, busy at work and doing the house stuff and the kids stuff and I'm studying for this test at work that I'm having a hard time passing and I think that I've overcommitted. So she very clearly and confidently says, well, tell him you've changed your mind. <laughs> and I said, you're right. I could totally do that, but I made a commitment, and I want to keep that commitment. And she said, well, if you're afraid of hurting his feelings, just tell Daddy, and he'll call him. <laughs> I said, you know, um, I love that you're, setting, that you're you know, helping me to set boundaries and teaching me to stand up for myself, you know, the student on the teacher. I said, but, you know... Um, Sometimes doing hard things really teaches me about myself, and um, I don't know what God could teach me through the situation, and I don't know what God might have for somebody else that he wants to use me for. And I went on to talk about how God can use anyone and anything for his love and for his purpose, and that there's even the story in the Bible about God using a burning bush to speak to someone, and I'm getting really passionate about it, and that's when I completely lost her. She said, so if you need me to go outside and light a bush on fire to help you finish this speech, you just let me know. And then she goes back upstairs and goes to bed, so I guess it worked out. So I have a very opinionated children, but they get it honest because I was a very opinionated child. The only difference was I was very indecisive, painfully indecisive. I am very blessed to have amazing parents who helped me through that indecision, helped me become more confident. And since it's Mother's Day, I have to tell you about my amazing mom. My mom is so thoughtful, and my whole life she struck a really delicate balance of not telling me what to do, but modeling how to live. And as lovely as that is, I really hate it because she's perfect and I should just be able to do whatever she tells me to do and things would be fine. But she and my amazing father had the wisdom to know that life doesn't follow a prescribed path. So they had to teach me how to think and become confident in making my own decisions, teaching me some guardrails and being my safe place to land. And I see that God provides us all with that same thing. He gives us guardrails with the Bible, and he himself is our safe place to land. Yet still, if you're like me, you wish that things were laid out a bit more directly in life. For those of you graduating, I remember the stress about wondering, what do I do next? What specifically, God, am I supposed to do, and when am I supposed to do it, and tell me the directions on how to get there? In Lamentations 3, there's a verse that says, the Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. And I really appreciate that piece about searching and depending on him. It reminds me that seeking God is our job. Listening to him is our job. Not having everything figured out or knowing exactly what to say in a speech or exactly what job you should apply for. 
not knowing the perfect plan or always having the right answer of what to do next, but seeking and depending on God. I found that verse because right before that verse is another verse in Lamentations 3.22. His faithful love, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. And I know about that verse because of my Aunt Wanda. See, my mom started this amazing tradition called Pearls of Wisdom Parties. And it's when women get together and share a pearl of wisdom from their life. The experienced women, you know, the women whose hair would be gray if it wasn't dyed. They, uh, they share with us millennial women, the one whose hair is now also starting to get gray. <laughs> they share with us uh, a pearl of wisdom that God has taught them in their life. And I asked the aunties one time, I said, how do you keep from bitterness? At that stage in my life, my friends and I were all experiencing frustration, as we all do. Some of us were frustrated about our careers. Some of us were frustrated about our husbands. Some of us were frustrated about the lack thereof. <laughs> and I often myself have a frustration about feeling like I'm not spending the right amount of time on the right thing between work and family and community and self. So I asked the aunties, how do you stay joyful? amidst all of the demands of life. And I want to quote that verse. His mercies are new every morning. The simplicity and the profundity of that reminder that God can give fresh mercy, fresh compassion, fresh forgiveness to the world each day and to me each day. I too can wake up renewed. I can accept the Holy Spirit's mercy and compassion and endurance, and forgiveness for the world and for myself. I am so grateful for all of my aunties, many of whom are the jazzy ladies of U-City that you see here today. And I'm grateful for my grandmothers. I'm grateful for um, my coworkers and mentors at work. Grateful for my life group members. Shout out to the ladies at Shaw. And I'm grateful for now the kids. <laughs> who God has used to pour into me and show me his love. I love that God uses anyone and anything to reach us and to show us his love. I pray that I will keep my eyes and ears open to keep seeking him and depending on him, like that Lamentations verse. In closing, I'd like to say first thank you to my hubby. Somebody rub him on the head for me. <laughs> And I'd like to say happy Mother's Day to truly everyone. To those of you who mother the younger coworkers at work when they need advice. To those who show motherly love to the isolated students around you. To the fathers and partners and service providers who support us mothers. To the moms who already had their name called a million times this morning. <laughs> and the moms who wish they could hear their name called once more to those missing their own mom or yearning to become one. I pray for all of us that the Lord is good to you as we depend on him and search for him. Thank you. That's awesome. That was awesome. I'm so glad you did this in Mason. <laughs> I am so glad she did not listen to her oldest daughter, Mason. 
Mason, where are you? You're hired. I want you on my side. Oh, my Lord. Thank you, Brooke. Uh, God's mercies new every morning. Incredible. And our final speaker today uh, is a woman that I am especially fond of. She holds a, a BA in, in early childhood education with a focus on special needs children. For several years, she's taught art, music, Spanish, and core curricula to elementary uh, and junior high students. She hosts an annual summer art camp with over 800 children in attendance every summer. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff happening. It's a lot of glue at our house. Um, she works as a virtual producer at the Technology and Leadership Center at Washington University in St. Louis. She runs an Airbnb. She leads our youth group. She is an amazing mother to our four children. She is a blessing to me. She's the co-founder of One Family Church. She's my partner in life. She's my best friend. She's my girlfriend. She's my lover. She's my wife. Could you put your hands together for Rebecca Rome? Good morning. Those are my friends. Aren't they amazing? Yes, they are. Well, it's so good to see you this morning. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. I love you so much. I love this church. I love your pastor. And normally he has the microphone up here, and he likes to tell stories about our kids and about me and our family and... Today, I have the microphone, <laughs> so you should be very worried. <laughs> and those of you who know me know you never know what I might say, so um, I'll jump right in. Um, Brent asked me to speak on God's faithfulness to me as a woman this morning, and so I'm going to break up my talk into two different parts. First, God's faithfulness, and secondly, specifically to me as a woman. Um, I recently prayed for our trip to Africa. I prayed for safe travels for Brent and me. I prayed for our children, Jameson and Lincoln and Augustine and Eden. I prayed for all the children that we were going to sponsor. You sponsored. It's amazing. Um, I prayed for my incredible parents who flew in from California to take care of said children. Um, I prayed for all the moving parts of a family of four kids, um, sports practices and uh, theater and dance and all the craziness. I prayed that the time would be smooth and joy-filled for my, my parents, their grandparents, that everyone would be safe and there would be no trips to the ER, which is a prayer that I specifically have to pray um, when we leave uh, because even now uh, Augustine has a cast up to his shoulder. Um, so that, that happens often. We're no stranger to the ER. Um, and once we arrived home and I was preparing for this talk, I was thanking God for answering all of my travel prayers. And I literally said, thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Because everything went smoothly. No one was sick or hurt. The kids had a wonderful time, and so did we. And then I stopped, and I asked myself this question. Was I equating God's faithfulness to the fact that he had, he had answered my travel prayers? Um, what if he had not granted my prayers? Would he have been unfaithful? Is God's faithfulness determined by whether or not he answers my prayers? Like, what if something had gone wrong? What if something got severely, terribly wrong while we were away? Would I still have been able to say, God, you are so faithful to me? 
And so I took a step back and I thought exactly about what God's faithfulness even is. And here's what the scripture says about faithfulness. Psalms 105 says, For the Lord is good, his loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness endures to all generations. The Bible says that God's faithfulness has to do with him being reliable, true to his word, stable, dependable, trustworthy, firm. Faithfulness speaks to the very core of God's character. The scriptures teach that God is 100% faithful in all he does according to his divine character. Deuteronomy 7 and 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is faithful. He, he is a faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. God's faithfulness cannot be defined by our perception as to whether or not events or circumstances work out in our favor. God is faithful even if things don't work out as we hoped or planned or thought they should. God's faithfulness means that he will never violate his character, but he will bring to pass in our lives that which works together both for his glory and for our good. And whether or not we understand it, we can be assured that the Lord our God is completely reliable, trustworthy, and faithful in every situation. So I began thinking specifically about God's faithfulness to me as a woman, how he has kept his promises been reliable, stable, dependable, trustworthy, firm, and true to his word. I thought back over my life, and since I only have, well, it says negative six minutes, so um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I only have a few minutes. I'll share just one story with you. It's an impactful story for me, uh, one where everything turned upside down, and the story that I thought God was writing in my life took a hard left turn. When I was 21, I married a Pentecostal preacher's son. And not that Pentecostal preacher's son. <laughs> Apparently, I had a type. Um, I was young and adventurous. <laughs> um, I told you, babe, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I was young and adventurous. I traveled the world with a backpack for months and months on end, summer after summer. I was curious, I was independent. I loved to explore, and I found someone who had a similar love for the unknown. Um, we had a similar upbringing in the Pentecostal church, and we were excited to embark on this new adult life together. I was finishing my education as an elementary teacher, and he was in divinity school. Um, but there was only one problem. It turned out that the guy I married really wasn't interested in the parts of marriage that are pretty important. Um, and it was just a short time into our marriage that he no longer was committed to the vows we took to be faithful, to love and to cherish, to put each other first, etc. Um, fast forward a couple of years, I was 24, and I was getting a divorce. And still to this day, it was the most painful time in my life. Part of me had died. The part of me that was connected to him, the part of me that dreamed of a blissful future with him, the part of me that imagined children and a home and a life of happiness. And the part of me as a woman that longed for things that many of us long for, like closeness and connection and commitment, to be, to be seen, to be heard, to be valued, appreciated, adored, all of those things died at 24 for me. I was living in Nashville when my relationship fell apart, and so I moved back to Cali um, because that's what I knew, and being near to my parents and the beach was comforting. Um, I remember driving down the 5 freeway in L.A. with tears in my eyes, hoping I wouldn't crash 
And as I was driving, the thought occurred to me, I wonder if any of the people in the cars around me um, know the pain of heartbreak and crushed dreams that I was feeling in that moment. I started looking in the eyes of each driver, like going 80 miles an hour, um, feeling totally, completely alone, and at the same time, wondering if just maybe someone else nearby knew how it felt to be overwhelmed with grief and sadness and disappointment. I had prayed for God to heal this relationship. I prayed hard. I prayed really hard. And my prayers were most definitely not being answered. I was gripped with anxiety. I cried every day for months. I shouldn't have cried that much. Um, it wasn't worth it. Um, I, I felt like I wasn't good enough. I felt like I wasn't pretty enough, interesting enough. And if there ever was a possibility of marriage in the future, like who would want someone who was divorced by 25? Then entered Sprint Rome. <laughs> I had known, okay, now I get to tell some stories. Um, I had known him since I was 18. I met him when he was singing in a rock band, playing in the LA clubs, and working <laughs> in the movies and on TV. Um, he says, <laughs> keep it going, okay, okay, I've got lots of stuff. Um, he says I was a groupie, but I was much too sophisticated to be a groupie. <laughs> he was charming, he was handsome, kind, smart, funny, caring. I mean, he was a Rhodes Scholar. Like, that's ridiculous, you know. And I was 18 and absolutely crushing on him, but he was too old for me. Um, and... <laughs> Also not a Christian. So we loosely stayed, I had, you know, I had, um, I was a Christian, so I had standards. Um, we had loosely stayed connected uh, because we had many mutual friends. And our story of meeting back up after the last story that I told you, um, and starting today is quite fun, but for the sake of time, I'm at negative 11 minutes now, um, I will, let me skip to the good part. Um, <laughs> So Brent called me up one day, and um, after he'd heard that I was single, and, well, we started dating and quickly fell in love, I was over the moon to be with Brent. I couldn't believe that God was so kind to me that Brent, um, Brent had become a Christian at that time and was conducting himself like Glenn. Uh, <laughs> both of those things are important, women. Um, as our relationship grew and I went to counseling, hashtag go to counseling, um, I also grew in my faith. And it was at that time that I really started to understand God's faithfulness to me. I started to believe deep in my soul that God would bring beauty from ashes, that he would restore my life and make all things new, that he would give me the desires of my heart in an area that I wasn't really sure if it would work out well again for me. I learned that he would never leave me, that his plan for my life was perfect. And I saw that God was faithful to me in the midst of my heartbreak, in the midst of my previously unanswered prayer, and now in the midst of my joy. I watched God turn what I felt like was an absolute failure in my life into an experience that he would use in the future for ministry. And that tear-filled moment on, in the car on the 5 freeway in Los Angeles suddenly had meaning. Because, yes, others had experienced what I was experiencing, and some even much worse. Um, I was not alone, not in the humanity sense and not in the spiritual sense. God was always right there with me. 
He was reliable, he was trustworthy, firm, true to his character, without a doubt. And today is Mother's Day, and I stand here as a woman who has seen God's faithfulness at work in my life. I'm still in awe of the man that I get to be with every single day. I'm in awe of the children that God has given us. I'm in awe of the way that God in his time and on his timetable has brought to pass everything that he has purposed and continues to do in my life. He has made that which works together for his glory and for my good. And when I couldn't see the path ahead, he was there and he had a plan. His promises were true and remain true, like this one in Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. We have a God who is always faithful. He is faithful when we understand his plan, and he is faithful when we don't. He will never violate his character, and he will bring to pass in our lives that which will work together for his glory and for our good. That's my story of God's faithfulness to me as a woman. God is so good. He's amazing. He's so faithful. And let the church say amen. Amen. Oh. Woo. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> You're in trouble. <laughs> I am so grateful to these three women for bringing their whole self to this, to this morning, to this congregation. Um, it, is not, it is not easy to dig into the well of your own experience and share those moments, uh, those private moments um, where God has touched you in, in times that you were just all alone. And so what you've done is blessed all of us. You have reminded us of God's faithfulness and his steadfastness and his dependability and his strength. And we thank, we thank each and every one of you. I am so thrilled uh, about this day for every woman here at One Family Church at the U City campus and at the Shaw campus. We have some flowers for you on the way out, like a vase. Okay. Jennifer told me it's a vase. So it's a vase, okay? Um, I thought a vase was an expensive vase, but I don't know. I don't, I don't, don't quote me. We have something for you. Um, for those of you uh, who are with a special woman today, I just pray that you would celebrate them. Uh, just honor them, celebrate them, be with them, um, enjoy them, uh, encourage them today. Would you stand with me as we close out this incredible Mother's Day service? Yes, all women get a, a vase. Teenage girls get a vase. All females get a vase. All right? Or a vase. Whichever your preference is. Would you bow your heads with me as we close out this morning? Father, you're so good. You are so good. You fill us with joy. You fill us with strength. And God, you're faithful even when we do not see you. Even when we do not experience you. Even when we do not know what you're doing. You're faithful. You're a rock. You're dependable. You're reliable. You're the very God of gods. And we stand upon you today and thank you for your faithfulness to each and every one of us. I pray that as we prepare to leave here today that you would fill our hearts with joy and gladness. You would wash away every tear. You would wash away any grief and you would wash away any fear or anxiety. 
I pray, Lord God, that you would strengthen us, fortify us, help us to lean on each other, strengthen one another in you, encourage one another in your spirit. We love you. We honor you. We thank you and we praise you on this Mother's Day. In Jesus' name we say, pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen.